So that's actually the trick when it comes to assessing minors. And this is what I was talking about today as we were doing a walkthrough. Look for... Welcome to the Exponential Investor Podcast. Want to be a better, smarter, more clued up investor? Well, you've come to the right place. We cover the breakthrough investment ideas you don't hear about in the mainstream to keep you on top of the megatrends and opportunities reshaping our world. And welcome to the Exponential Investor Podcast. I am your host, Shay Russell. In fact, I am riding solo today as a Sam Volkering is at a conference. In fact, just to mess with the system, I'm actually coming to you from a conference. I am attending the Gold uh Australian Gold Conference held in Australia. It's generally held annually, but obviously for the past couple of years, we haven't been able to have it. So uh, this is the first time since 2019 that the entire gold industry or the majority of it has managed to get back together. Now, for those of you who don't actually know what a gold conference is, so for those people who are interested in investing in precious metals, um, basically speakers come from all over the country and sometimes all over the world to talk about reasons on why you should own gold as an investment and also to a part of that story is talking about silver. Now, um, now a flow-on effect of this is gold miners and for those of you listening, gold miners can actually be a leveraged way to invest in precious metals and we're going to get to the miners in a minute but first of all, we're going to kick off with I guess what is essentially my wheelhouse and what I've spent the past 10 years in Australia doing before I moved over to South Bank. So, let's start with why own gold? Now, one of the great things about the conference that I'm at today is it really is aimed at beginners. So the whole concept here is that, you know, there's no stupid question to ask, rather that it's all about coming to learn why you should own gold. Now, for those of you who are new to gold, the reasons are pretty much inflation, um, acts as a hedge against uncertainty and inflation, um, but also too that it's enduring form of wealth. For those of you that are already familiar for gold, it'll come as no surprise to you that it actually hasn't changed. Now, um, I was fortunate enough to take a group around earlier today. And one thing I noticed is that people tend to always ask the same questions. So that's sort of what I thought I'd put today's podcast about. We're going to start with asking uh, reasons to own gold and then we're going to morph into if gold miners are your wheelhouse, what should you look for when it comes to investing in them? All right, let's get started. So when it comes to investing in gold, one of the most common questions that I often get is, have I missed the boat? Now, the shorter answer is no. If you are interested in investing in gold, you absolutely have not missed the boat. I want people to move away from this mentality of that gold is something to rush into. Um, investing in precious metals, especially gold, because it, it, it's been proven to be an enduring form of wealth. So don't Price gyrations are a signal that fiat currency is um, being devalued. That's how I want people to think about gold, not have I missed the boat. However, there's a couple of rules of thumb when it does come to buying physical gold. First of all, if gold's in the news, that's probably the last thing you should do. You should absolutely not be rushing out to buy gold because that means that the price is significantly higher. Um, now, generally, when the price of gold goes straight up, it tends to sell off, sometimes back to where it started as well. So the whole point is if you see gold in the headlines, the best thing you can actually do is wait for the rally to finish. The steam will come out of the rally eventually. Sometimes as an avid gold buyer here, I'll let you know it takes a little longer. You've got to be patient. But you don't want to go out and buy gold when it's in the news. Um, the, if you are, again, interested in precious metals, you want to adapt, adopt the mindset of think of gold as savings. 
So don't rush out and buy big lump sums at a certain price. Think of gold, uh, think of any physical metals that you own as you're slowly building your position in precious metals. Uh, there is a gentleman by the name of Andy Sheckman who works in the US. He runs um, Andy Sheckman Precious Metals or Miles Franklin Precious Metals, that's it. And he tells a story where in order to work for his father's bullion business, his father insisted that if he was to do that, he needed to buy gold every two weeks. So basically every day on payday, he expected his son to put a tiny amount of his pay into gold and to treat it as savings. And apparently he's done that for 30 or 35 years. That is the mindset that we actually want gold investors to adopt. Now, let's flip this over to gold miners. Now, for those of you who have followed me when I was in Australia, gold miners is absolutely my wheelhouse and it's something I'm very passionate about. Now, given that we're at a gold mining conference, let's talk about some of the most common questions that I get asked. Now, the host of today's gold conference wanted to do something a little different. She thought a a great way to get new people to talk to miners was to do a little bit of a tour uh, and I would help teach them the questions to ask uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to talking to companies, because one of the things I've discovered over the years is that it can be quite intimidating to walk up to a company and be like, "Oh, tell tell me about your business," especially too when it comes to mining, because geology feels like an entirely different language. So it's really important to not be intimidated and also to to insist on the miners actually breaking it down for you. Uh, there's a couple of rules of thumbs that I operate by, and that is. Uh, and I've probably said these over the past few podcasts, but people should be able to explain what they do in 10 words or less. If you can't explain your business model in 10 words or less, move on. It's too hard. It should actually, the core of it should be simple. It's the same with gold miners or actually any mining in general. It, it, it can be simplified and they don't have to use the big scary words. I think people who stick with industry jargon are really just doing that to make themselves feel good that they know what they're talking about. But if you can't break down a complex subject into simple words, odds are you don't really know what you're talking about. So when we were doing today's walkthrough, a couple of questions came up. And one is a lot of people want to know what is, how do you tell a good miner from a bad miner? And the answer is it's really tricky. It, and it, there's there's no quick answer here. There's no shortcut. There's no um, here, if I give you this card, then you'll know what to look for. The way to pick a bad company from a good company, believe it or not, is work. You've really got to go through uh, a company's, not so much financials, but you want to look at their management history. And there's a couple of tidbits that we can sit on here. One is, have they got a great management team? Now, good managers will get good projects out of the ground and great managers will get even dodgy projects out of the ground. Um, So a good management team, people with experience, and also too, you'll find that the really great management teams have worked on many successful projects. So that's actually the trick when it comes to assessing miners. And this is what I was talking about today as we were doing a walkthrough. Look for a technical team, look for a managing director, look for a geologist that have been part of big companies and big exploration projects within that. And it's especially important if you're looking for companies, uh, if you're investing in companies that are explorers, you really want to make sure that the team that they've got have exploration experience and have worked on projects where, you know, they've got to find something and turn it out. Now, another great way to help assess gold miners, oh, sorry, not necessarily gold miners, all miners, I'm gold on the brain, I'm at a mining conference, um, is... Do they over deliver or do they 
overpromise and underdeliver. So uh, in Australia, we've got the ASX up- updates and there'll be something of the equivalent on the London Stock Exchange. But you don't really need to work too hard on this either. What you want to do is you want to go through the company announcements today and then you want to go through them again in six months' time. And you want to find out is have what they promised six months ago, has it actually shown up six months later? Or did they not even talk about it and then, oh, suddenly that they've just gone and delivered on this project or they've delivered on this drill result? Companies that um, over, um, you know, over-deliver are the companies that you want to invest in. These are the companies that are, they're not bragging to move the share price. They are actively working towards achieving their goals and that's really important because as a general shareholder, you can't, it, it's really hard to know what management's up to. So this is where looking for companies that, Overpromise and sorry, underpromise and overdeliver. That is your absolute go-to. Now, the next thing when it comes to mining projects is uh, there were a couple of questions that I asked. Is you know what's the best way to tell what's a successful mine? And we started talking about all types of metrics. You know, milligrams per ton. Um, look, these are great, but the problem is not every one of us knows those calculations off the top of our head. So sometimes the best thing you can do is ask yourself neurology. Um, like neurology can be extremely powerful when it comes to exploration miners for example or an existing mine that is expanding Um, because you know often we'll find with companies that have established deposits the nearby resource wasn't economical at a certain price so neurology can be a really powerful play when you're looking at companies that are maybe picking up projects on the side or hoping that something is going to have a longer mine life than initially promised now in that we've got a couple of keywords to look for one of them is the resource or reserve open at depth now this is something that we talked about today during our walkthrough not all deposits are open at depth, so we can't actually hope for that. Some of them are actually capped because of the type of ore body that they are. But if a deposit is open at depth, it means that they haven't found that potential yet. Another thing, uh, if you are into explorers, which is a super, super risky section of the market, and I don't recommend it for everybody, but if you are into explorers and you want to get a, a taste for the danger, as I like to call it, you want to look for companies that when they are doing their drilling, that their infill drilling is quite tight because companies will deliver a very early estimate of what they think is in the ground. But if they've done really wide step outs, so 50 metres and 100 metres, that actual resource could disappoint when they start doing infill drilling at the 25 metre, 20 metre or even 15 metre mark. Now, often companies don't do 15 metres. Uh, that is quite tight and that's generally all body specific, especially if it's something uh, in a gold miner's case, if it's quite nuggety gold, then they will do it quite tight like that. But if you're going to be looking at uh, miners and trying to work out what's in the ground before a company's gone and delivered the resource, you really want to see how tight is that drill pattern. And another word to look for is you know, how much strike have they got left to go? Strike's just a fancy word for, you know, how much area they're actually exploring. And finally, another thing that came up today, and I think this this goes to show how savvy investors are becoming, and this is where companies will really need to step it up. Now, Australia and Canada, I have said this before on this show, uh, we are... Australia and Canada are probably the two best mining jurisdictions in the world. Um, they're the highest standard. They're also the governments enjoy. Well, the governments are happy to ex, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? The governments are quite mining friendly. That's the best way of looking at it. And there's plenty of um, Australian and Canadian mining stocks listed on the London Stock Exchange. Um, but something that came up today is native title rights. Now, in Australia, we've got our first people uh, and it can be quite contentious when it comes to accessing land. It, it can take a while to get through. But a couple of investors have said that ethical investing and respect for the land is most important to them. So if you are investing in countries like Australia, I think, and if, if this is important to you, or if, because it fits your investing morals, or if this is something you're worried about getting off the ground, make sure you pay attention to any native title rights, again, especially in Australia and Canada, um, because both countries are working in areas with First Nations, that this is something that you do need to pay attention to, because they can throw a spanner in the works uh, if the native landholders uh, don't want to allow exploration, let alone mining on the title. Now, it is worth noting out that just because exploration has been um, allowed on the land doesn't actually mean that the native owners are going to allow that to progress to mining and this adds an additional layer of risk when it comes to investing in mining stocks. It's not insurmountable but it's absolutely something that you should know in advance. All right, so that's pretty much all we have time for today. Uh, I will be joining you next week with Elliot. Sam Volkering is still gallivanting around the place. I'm not quite sure what he's up to, but I will be back in my desk. Um, I want to thank you all for listening and to quote Sam, bye for now.